This is where the fun begins. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Can't lose! King Kong ain't got shit on me! Oh my god! Okay, it's happening! Everybody stay calm! What's the Everybody procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? Stay calm! Say my name. And here we go. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Grab your snacks, get your popcorn ready. It's about to get realish. I am Christopher Negron, and today I'm joined by my two esteemed co-hosts. First, we got my guy. Hey, what's going on, everybody? You already know who it is. It's Matthew. What's going on, everyone? It's Derek. And we're excited to bring to you another big discussion on uh, a funny topic, actually, which I'm looking forward. I'll let Derek intro that, uh, but also yes, a feature presentation, uh, Knock at the Cabin, M. Night Shyamalan, uh, Shyamalama Ding Dong. It's about to get really, really <laughs> intense on this episode. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, before we get into all of that, uh, please, everybody, if you're watching this on YouTube or listen, wherever you're listening, please make sure you subscribe if you have not done so yet. Um, you can follow us uh, at OTS Media Co. All social media platforms, OTS Media on YouTube. Hit that bu like button, subscribe, the notification bell. Um, subscribe on all uh, podcast platforms. Leave a review. Let us know what you guys think. We we do actually want to hear from you guys. Um, and you know, if there's any type of discussion that you want to actually hear us have, let us know. We're open to suggestions. Um, you can uh, send an email too if you want uh, at Derek or uh, Derek at otsmediaco.com um you know so we'll, we'll we'll set up that company email address pretty soon but you know just uh go ahead and send it there and then uh, you know let us know what you guys think um so yeah the first topic before we get into uh was knock at a cabin um i wanted to get y'all's um take on what you all think is the most difficult genre uh uh to create in film or television um because I, I was i was the reason why why this actually hit is because i was preparing so i haven't seen it yet um <clears throat> excuse me but uh john wick four you know just came out this weekend and so i'm i was preparing you know i'm rewatching the first three which i just got to the third one today um for during dinner so i'm you know i'm looking looking forward to finishing that off but um I started thinking about it. I'm like, you know, there's a lot of different genres that it takes a lot to create. And then like you add on the 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 um the pressure of like if you're talking about television, like how creating for television, how different that is than it is for just a, a film. Um so I wanted to get y'all's take on it, see what where where you guys thought. What is the what do you feel is the most difficult genre uh to create? in film or television. Matt, you want to start us off? Yeah, I think that's a tough one because I uh, what we consider difficult is, is very subjective at times, mm -hmm. right? And I think uh, it it's especially different uh, between directors, screenwriters, and, and everything of that sort. But I think maybe from from an audience perspective and sort of what what I imagine to be like uh really difficult to pull off, I think our comedies. Um mm. 
And I think the reason being is because, you know, you're filming in front of a crew. You -hmm. have no live audience. You have no um, way of knowing if your jokes are landing until you watch the film yourself, right? And I think, especially since comedy is already so subjective, you know, what Mm -hmm. what I find funny is different than what you two are going to find funny, right? Yeah you have no way of knowing if what you're doing is actually uh, working, so to speak. Right. You know, right. and I think even with comedies, you have sort of uh, like sub-dramas within comedies. You have dramatic comedies. You have fantastical mm-hmm. comedies, you know, and making sure that comedy is introduced at the right time and not taking away from the emotional moments of the story is also difficult to pull off. Right, mm-hmm. uh, especially whether it be, you know, like lighthearted animated movies or, uh, you know, even R-rated movies. Right, it doesn't necessarily matter. Right, it's sort of, mm. you know, it. I don't know. I think it, it's just like I can imagine sort of like how stressful it is to make sure that what you're producing is actually funny, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, you really don't know until the final product, and then you either watch everyone relish in what you made or completely hate on it you know and there's really no in between when it comes to comedies for the most part either people hate people hate it or love it and yeah you know that's a good point i never thought about the uh the um like no having like not having an audience there to give feedback because you know like you used to have live audiences for television shows and now you don't have that anymore uh that's i never even thought about that because yeah, because you, like y'all remember the uh, uh, the scene in Fresh Prince, um, where uh, Will Smith, uh, you know, Will's talking to Uncle Phil and talking about his dad and you know what, you know, how come you don't want me, <laughs> all that stuff. Like I love that, how you're laughing, scene, like that was a comedy that, scene. You know, you, you know why, you know why I laughed because I immediately thought about the memes that came from that, like, like talking about like James Harden, like you know, versus the championship. Like, how come you don't want me? Like, <laughs> so that's why I started laughing at. But they got the immediate feedback from that, right? Like, God, I never thought about that. That's a great point. That's a great and I point. Think, and I think what you brought up even ties into it further because the improvisation factor, I think, exists a lot more in comedy than other genres. Like you, mm-hmm. and, and I feel like it's hard to pull it off because a lot of the times, like, what works isn't always what you think is going to work. And that goes for every script, like, not just right. comedy, but. Uh, always when you're on set, there's a lot of times where it's like, actually, let's just do it this way. And then it changes the way you approach the rest of the, the script because now it's different, right? So right. Um, I would say, yeah, comedy is very difficult. It's up there as far as finding the right moments, n- coming in with a good plan, right? Because you could come in with a good plan to be funny and then everyone's there doing it and you don't really <laughs> feel it the same way. Or you could you could be in a room, and I've had this before too, where y'all are recording everything and you don't see how it comes together while you're together. Like the editing is yes. really the magic that brings it together. So yes. you, you could be going through something. And by the time you record that fourth take, you're like, oh, this, this is ass. Like, but then by the time you see it on the actual uh, finished product, it, it comes across way different. So 100%. Right. I think it's hard, too, because with the improv factor, like, yeah. It's it's really great that you get a spur of the moment moment like that like that that lives on in infamy right but mm-hmm. um, a lot of the times when you do stuff like that 
as a crew, you're kind of not ready for it, right? So so there's a lot of things that could go wrong in the in-between. Maybe you have multiple cameras going at the same time and one angle is not really set up to cover what that improv is covering, right? So now yeah. you're now you have to make decisions like to fit that in. Uh, which is a good mm -hmm. problem to have. Don't get me wrong. If something works, it works. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it, it is very, I, I would imagine it's very hard to find that magic and sort of keep that sustained throughout the entire project. So for sure. Yeah. And I yeah. think that the improvisation element is important too, because I think a lot of times, you know, actors, you know, can really, I, I think you can start to realize how repetitive something is, you know, um, because I think a lot of comedies sort of fall into that trap where, you know, they're pretty much saying the same kind of joke over and over and over again, you mm -hmm. know? Um, and then I think also like improvisation, um, can obviously bring out the, the, can bring about really good moments, but I also think it's, it's over overrated to an extent because I think. Sometimes actors will take advantage of that mm -hmm. and they'll go a bit too far when I think sometimes comedy needs to be like held back a little bit, you know? Uh, and it, that's the thing too, because it's, it's, it's really difficult to sort of like, I don't know, because there's a lot of sort of like nuances to comedy, right? Like mm -hmm. you have a lot of like, you have raunchy comedies, you have, I mean, I don't even, I, I can think of, like, or like, like I even said before, like, like dramatic comedies or fantastical comedies or, or anything like that, where you sort of have, you know, comedies having like a comedy having to work in conjunction with something else, you know, and that that adds a bunch of layers to the movie itself, but also, you know, probably makes it even more difficult for the creatives involved, right? Is mm -hmm. having to make a compelling story, but making sure that whatever it is you're doing is marketed as a comedy is marketed as a dramatic comedy etc mm -hmm. so yeah. i don't know i think um sort of across my across my mind there but that's interesting that's interesting chris what about you bro so for me i'm i'm kind of glad that you went first that's why i, I threw it because i was like man i got two answers and either <laughs> way i don't i don't care but i kind of wanted to be sorted out for me so thank you um <laughs> my 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 answer to this one kind of goes in line uh with the the movie we're gonna be talking about a little bit later but i personally think and why i love uh this genre of filmmaking i think suspense and thrillers are really the most difficult uh movies to create in my opinion i think for for multiple reasons i think there's a lot of times where you could lose sight of the audience when you're on set and you're sort of doing the same, like you, you need to hit these beats, right? Like, you know what the script mm -hmm. is, you know, you know what this, this moment is conveying, but more often than not, you're recording the most dramatic moments, the most insane moment or, or the biggest reveal earlier on mm -hmm. than you are a lot of the more mundane stuff. Right. So like, right. You could be in a situation where as a crew, you haven't even, got into the crux of the story, but you're shooting one of the most impactful scenes first. Um, mm -hmm. So it's really hard to, to sort of put yourself in that place and be in the right place, if that makes sense. Cause mm -hmm. you, you could sort of bring your own juice and, and be in the right headspace. But then when it, when it comes to the final product, it's like, man, they're not hitting their marks really because they're, they're it's sort of overdone. Uh, so I would say definitely thrillers because and, and I'll get into this more specifically with the, the movie we're going to talk about. But if you fall flat, flat with the thriller, 
by the time you're like 40 minutes in, you don't really care. Like the stakes aren't there for you. you you're not really mm -hmm. interested in the story more so than just like information just blindly being thrown at you. So then right. it puts you in a place as an audience where it's very easy to be hypercritical of everything else. So you're like mm -hmm. annoyed with <laughs> the way things are advancing. You're annoyed with these things more so than immersed and waiting to figure out what's going to happen next. And that's really the mm -hmm. key, right? You want to put them in a place where you want more, right? But you have enough curiosity that that want means something. We, at the right. end of the day, when we're watching a movie, we want the story to end, right? We, we want to come yeah. to a conclusion. Um, yeah. So I think the hardest part is really keeping your audience throughout and knowing how to do that over the course of a film where you're sort of building up to these different moments. And these moments, if, the, if one of them falls flat or if the reveal, for example, or the big moment at the end isn't like the the gravity for that moment isn't set up properly then the entire sort of moment that we were waiting for the whole movie it doesn't really matter like at the end it's just like oh yeah that that was gonna happen anyway like so mm -hmm. um so yeah we'll get into that more specifically with uh knock at the cabin but um i think it's yeah. pretty tough to do thrillers for sure so let me ask you about that because like being on set <laughs> i know like my first time uh being on on any set uh, I yeah, y'all know I hate spoilers, right? Like I can't stand spoilers. So I'm not sure if you've ever experienced this, Chris. But like, have you ever been on set and you're you're recording the like the ending, like you said, like day one or day two, and then it's like, dang man, like. <laughs> <laughs> if if you didn't read the script, like you don't know what's actually happening, right? Mm -hmm, has that sure. ever like has that ever happened with you where you're you're like you're pissed that you got the ending of the story? I think when it has happened, I haven't really felt it because I wasn't the one like setting everything up. Like when it has happened, I was just there to help. So it's kind of like you're just doing everything, oh, okay. right? But when yeah. whenever I set things up as an AD, I'm always very conscious of that. Like you need a you need to set up your first day to be as action-packed as possible but also as as easy to gain momentum as possible like you want to feel like you're coming downhill so that by the time mm -hmm. you're getting into the more serious scenes like that day two day three there's a there's a chemistry and a connection there that we built through the hard work from the first day so i i think right. i always try to be mindful of that to not like start at day one now sometimes right for example this has happened to me um sometimes certain restrictions for those scenes force you to do those certain things so for example one time uh with a film i shot we shot a scene during golden hour in the morning and that was a very mm -hmm. important scene in the film um mm -hmm. but it was later on in the film uh but we had to get it done that morning so we could continue shooting through the rest of the day right so right, um right. it does happen um but yeah i i think it does kind of set a, a different vibe because when you're when you're going through everything as a crew, like everything is so fragmented. Like a lot of the times whenever I'm watching the film in its entirety, it's like, damn, this is, this is what we did. Cause it, it doesn't yeah, yeah. feel like that at all. Like the, the, yeah. the way things happen chronologically and the way they happen in order in the movie are way off. So way off. a lot of the times um, for me, I guess when planning is just like, make sure we have enough momentum to make those impactful scenes work the way they should. Because if you're not mm -hmm. in your character yet, if you're, if you still are asking a lot of questions about how you're sort of 
encountering these different moments as a character, then it's going to be hard for you to to really deliver on those big moments early on. So, yeah, I think it it really does set you up for a, a tough situation if you're starting with big scenes like that, because not only is it impactful, but it also takes time, right? Like those, those big mm-hmm. heavy scenes those are the ones most of the time where you're doing the most things for it. So mm-hmm. uh, if you're not really in a place where you're comfortable, then it's like you're getting comfortable as you're doing the hardest thing. So yeah, it's right. definitely tough. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't been on set in a few years, but it is definitely a, a different thing when you're watching the final product than from when you're shooting. Those are two different uh, uh feelings for sure um i would say uh i actually think one of the toughest which now you've actually got me thinking matt like because i honestly didn't even think about comedy that way um but i i think horror is actually one of the toughest to do because it's so cheesy right like it's it's only so much that you can do that um that uh would allow you to stay in this pocket of of horror right and you're kind of limited and and some stuff is is um some stuff's already been over overplayed and you kind of understand the the beats to the the story and how uh certain things can actually operate and and flow and um i would say one of the reasons why i think that that is it's kind of difficult uh to do is because if you look at um if you look at uh what's it called um the walking dead versus um the last of us right like both horror genres right one gets it completely right <laughs> one gets it completely wrong right it's it's excuse me you can see it with films too um uh what was the name of that one that just that we we talked about um that was came out on on hbo recently um i think we did barbarian barbarian yeah it's like it was so it it was so um barbarian was was so like overplayed in certain aspects like you could tell where it you know where it was um where it was it had potential but then you saw where it where it it left off right and i think i think i just think that horror is just one of those those genres where it's like you can either get it completely correct or you completely miss like there's no in between in it right like like doesn't matter if you're talking about television or or film um but i think the ones that get it right understand the the subtle nuances that you have to have like you're gonna have to have those shocks right like um uh what was the name of that series paranormal activity excuse me paranormal activity i thought chris what was the look bro Bro, those movies are so fucking stupid. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Those movies are terrible. Like, that's a conversation for another day. I'm sure. Yeah, we actually need to have that one. But like, so the reason why I think it's up until I didn't watch the one. Ooh, I forgot the name of it, but it was the one um, in uh, I think it was in New Mexico or something like that. Um. 
forgot the name of that. I think that was either four or five. I didn't watch it because I don't I don't mess with uh, Ouija boards. I was I saw that was on the poster. I'm like, yeah, I, I I'm good with that. <laughs> but um, like up until that point, I actually thought the series was phenomenal because it was like these little times where you think you're gonna, it, you know. She was about to drop, right? Like, like something's about to happen. Toby about to come out of nowhere and 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 kill people, right? But there were times where it's like it's it's building you up, and then it's like no, relax, building you up, relax. It's okay, it's okay. And then oh, you kind of like trust that it's okay, and then as soon as you trust it's okay, boom, <laughs> it scares you, right? So that like I think those little subtle uh, uh, aspects of of horror i appreciate that when a horror film or a show does not have something like that to me that's when it's just it's just lost right so i thought like i said uh earlier the walking dead did a phenomenal job with it at the beginning but then they lost their way with it um <sighs> they lost their way probably around like five, season five i think earlier than that i would say season three when, when season did, three, when he did, did, once the threat of the die? zombies really went down, oh, he died. He died like season. I think it was like season five three? or something like that. Five. That okay. Much so later they, they on, lost yeah. it. They lost their compass. <laughs> they lost it before that, though. I agree. They I, did, I agree. but but it's like once he was gone, it was like that's over. Like for me, that's like it was. I compare it to like when I stopped watching WWE. Is like when you know Eddie Guerrero died. It was like it's just like. I, you know that that that's kind of like how I compare it. Is because like he was the glue that held everything together, but then it's like as soon as you lost the glue, is everything is just going all over the place. And I don't think they ever. I stopped watching that show so long ago, so I don't know if they ever yeah. did actually bring it back together. But <laughs> it was one of those things like they just their loose ends just stayed loose, like they never tied them up, right? So I think that's the, the the there's a delicate balance you have to have with horror that um a lot of filmmakers get it right or they get it wrong. Again, there's just no in between, you know. And I love I actually like horror. I I, I didn't think yeah. that I liked it, but I I like horror. It's a it's an underrated medium. Um, I think yeah. you can tell um a, a lot of compelling stories. You know, sometimes the threat doesn't necessarily have to be a monster, but you know, sometimes sometimes uh. You know, the the worst monsters are in fact human. I think a lot of you know right. horror stories have uh, communicated like that. that exact you know yeah. message, right? Um, but I think also no, another point as well is like I think horror films, modern horror films, um, mm -hmm. and I, I I I I'm sure you two have have noticed this where for whatever reason whenever a jump scare happens or is about to happen they play the exact same noise mm -hmm. and that has irritated me so much because i think the biggest the worst thing you can do is inform an audience when something is going to happen i think sometimes yeah directors moving forward to really just consider having complete silence where the only thing we hear uh, that's not the rains but the only thing we hear are the screams 
of a main character or mm. at the very least their reactions to you know whatever or whomever they expose themselves to you know um so that's sort of that's sort of, that's sort of one thing and then um i think even like on the thriller this is probably more so the thriller aspect even the horror movie aspects too i think framing is very important too because mm-hmm. it's important not to reveal um i don't know how to explain it but this assuming for sake of conversation let's assume like there's like some you know threat of some kind or whatever it's important not to reveal what the threat is too soon um and even in a lot of scenes as well Sometimes it's better to really like, like um, fade the backgrounds and mm-hmm. keep the character in frame to where all we're seeing is their reactions, mm-hmm. you know, their emotions, their, you know, even like the link, like everything. Like it's better to see what the characters are doing in that moment than cutting back to what you know the, the threat is. I, I honestly I'm like stuttering all over the place so what I said probably made no fucking sense but hopefully hopefully it did like basically no. like sometimes it's better like it, it's I think like framing when it comes to when it comes to filmmaking framing is very important too mm-hmm. so yeah. sorry I like I said no you're I good, no, you're good. I was about it, to say so. just to help you out a little bit <laughs> yeah. I think I think what you're specifically referring to is focal length and like having mm-hmm. longer longer lenses which uh, once again, this is, it's a weird way to speak. It's almost like <laughs> learning Spanish because you're speaking backwards, yeah, yeah. right? Like a long lens yeah. is actually most of the time in length. It is actually larger, but the millimeters are also Boss. larger as well. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I, walked right, I walked right into that one. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't even think about I walked that, right but... into that one. Uh, but hey, you got to you take away, you could get it, you know? Um, but yeah, yeah when you're dealing with your... Yeah, no, hey, I, I did that one on purpose. <laughs> oh. I'm leaning in at this point. Um, but as far as longer lenses and and shooting with them, I, I, a great sort of sequence where they use long lenses in in the film we're going to talk about later was the initial sort of encounter between um, mm-hmm. Leonard and Wynn, where mm-hmm. they're showing their their conversation as almost like a face off, like a standoff kind of. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. and all you see is them, like you said, and everything else is really blurred out of focus. You can see the stuff is there, but you can't really tell what it is. And what and like you said, what that does is not only does it gives give them the full attention, right? But it also doesn't tip you off to what you were saying, like threat level wise, right? You want to put these people on an equal playing field, but you also right. want to make it clear that um, that it's important to see how they're responding. Um, and I, right. I, that's something that I liked about this film too is like a lot of the stuff. I, I can't, I can't, I can't even think of a moment where they probably use like a fifty or like a, a, a regular lens. A lot of this stuff was mm-hmm. either fully wide or in tight using focal play. So one hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, but like to your point though, that not only does it do those things, but it also kind of creates angst in the audience. Like you can't see what's about to come, right? And and even if you hear noises or or like with that big that first scene you're talking about, um, they kept they kept like showing the the the, the forest, right? There's, you can't like there's nothing there. Like you don't see anything there, but you're anticipating something's about to happen, right? So it kind of like creates that angst. Uh, 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 of like, you know, you're, you're thinking of, you're just anticipating about w- like what's about to happen, and I I love that, right? Like I think, to your point too, uh, Matt, like there's just there are different elements that, um, within sound design and framing that I think 
a lot of filmmakers probably got away from, especially in horror, but I think a lot of filmmakers got away from the sound design is super important. And I don't think that a lot of emphasis is on sound design as much as it should be. Yeah. Because you can have a great shot, but if you don't have any sound, <laughs> like it's just, it's, 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 it's tasteless. It's, it's like there's nothing yeah. there. It's not, it's not seasoned. So yeah, I agree with you on that one. It feels yeah. very fake. Like there's so many things you mm -hmm. can do sound-wise to make things that aren't there there. But there's mm -hmm. also like, and this is the part that people don't that people take for granted for sure, especially in my experience in all the shoots that I've done, not just ones that I've AD'd. Like mm -hmm. if, if if you're not getting proper sound of the actual dialogue. And it's like, okay, we'll recreate that in post. Like, that's easy to say, right? Yeah. Logistically, it's easy to re-say your lines and throw them in there. But when yeah. you are actually layering and trying to get it to feel real, just the ambient noise of this room, right? Like, yes. you, all three of us are talking in different rooms right now. So when we speak, the way our voices reverb is different. The right. same thing goes if you're in the same room. So if you're in a certain area of the room, you could sound a little different than the other area. So a lot of the time, what people underestimate is like the in-between sound. Because if the in-between sound gets messed up, a lot of times people are just like, yeah, we'll, we'll just record over it. And I'm like, nah, we got to do that again because we didn't get it. Like, <laughs> yeah, what do you not understand? We didn't yeah. get it. And a lot of uh, what makes sound design brilliant, in my opinion, is they're forgotten on set all the time. I'm I'm the biggest advocate for sound. I'm always telling people to shut up. But a lot of times people, <laughs> they don't care. And it's just like, all right, we'll take care of it later. But then once later comes, they underestimate that even, even if we got perfect sound on every single shot in the film, they still have to do things to layer this, this sound correctly. Yeah. So if we're adding to that burden by making them make the sound of the actual shot, like, it's like, it, it fully takes out all the work you did of shooting in person. You might as well have done it, like, in CGI, like, in a mm -hmm. <laughs> in a random booth in a green screen. Like, it, it's almost worth doing that, because then, even though it's fake, because it looks fake with the CGI, it feels more real. And I know that probably sounds insane, but uh, that's how powerful sound is, for real. It really is. It really is. I, I, I You can tell, especially with um, with voiceover. Um, you can tell in different scenes when it's being done, right? Especially if if the sound, like you like you said, like if they don't record in the same space or, um, uh, or they don't reshoot, <laughs> like you can tell the difference between what was actually recorded on that location or what was recorded in the post. I I if that that whole like do it in post thing is to me and I know there are a lot of people in in film production uh that that just lean on that to me that's the dumbest thing you can do if 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 you're right there <laughs> like we're not talking about a days where where we're shooting on film right unless you're Christopher Nolan we're not talking about that we're talking about shooting on an SD card or you know CD card, what like you're you're recording digitally, right? So it's not like it's going to cost you more 
like paying for film you, you know maybe you might be there on set for 15 minutes longer or whatever to reshoot a scene or something like that it might cost you in that way or cost you in terms of like you know um renting a space or whatever but for the most part you're not you don't have to pay extra depending on where you are or the, or the scenery uh you know scenario i should say um you're not having to pay more to record again to shoot again right it's just do it again do it again doing it in post is a cop-out to me that's a cop-out like it should be done right then and there no questions asked you know and in the most dire situations if you have to do it in post do it but if you have if you're able to do it right then and there do it <laughs> it's like mm -hmm. it's a no-brainer to me I, I don't understand how some filmmakers uh, uh just rely on that and say hey yeah we'll do it in post let's go ahead to the next scene you know you know uh, set up for the next scene eh, nah and you know how you Sorry. can tell the movies that are doing that it's the ones that have consistently loud soundtracks because they're trying to mm. hide the mm -hmm. ambience and there's something about mm -hmm. as me as an editor that it <laughs> fucking bothers me when, yes. like, for example, in dialogue scenes, this is what you see the most in, like, short films, right? I would say, like, compared mm -hmm. to, like, big-budget movies, you see this more in short films. But, like, they'll be having a, a conversation, and each time it cuts back, it sounds like they're in a different place. Like, <laughs> like dudes, right. it sound like they're having yeah. two completely different conversations. And, yeah, yeah uh, the ambient noise, like, make sure, this is my, to all you young crews out there, Make sure that you record at least two minutes of ambient tone with everyone in the room. Not yeah. everyone leaves and then, Leave. all right, yeah. let's record the sound. It's different. Yeah. When there's people in there breathing, it is a different mm -hmm. ambient noise than it is entirely quiet. So make yeah. sure you get your ambient noise because then if something comes in post, um, mm -hmm. you can fit it in properly. But speaking to what you were saying, just to just to sort of hit that home that hit that point home further. Um, the reason why it costs so much in post is because you're paying twice. You pay to get them yeah. to do it again, and then you have yeah. to pay the hours to edit it correctly to make it work. So mm -hmm. it, it's like a double dipping kind of thing. Um, yeah. And yeah, I I understand how, as an AD how sometimes shooting it again isn't the answer, right? Sometimes mm -hmm. you got to keep doing what you got to do. You got to keep it moving for whatever other stuff you have in the day. Um, but yeah, when, when someone does that and they make those choices to do it in post, uh, you, it suffers for sure. Like it's very obvious. Yeah. yeah. And I think you brought up an interesting point too, uh, about soundtrack, because I think soundtracks are often the very forgotten component of horror films. The right ones aren't overbearing. The right mm -hmm. ones are intimate. The right run mm -hmm. sort of know when it when to really hit their um hit their motifs and make sure that you know whatever sounds are playing are an extension of the story you know um i think like because horror films like it, horror film soundtracks are really difficult to pull off because obviously you don't want there to be like pop music playing in the middle of like like in the middle of a chase scene or or anything like that and you definitely don't want to like keep repeating the you know the, the same track over and over again you want to have some diversity there as well you know um i think even like um bits bits of a soundtrack playing when you know preparing for a big reveal 
is also important too, right? Because I think I, I spoke to Derek about Derek about this too. Like, and you know, this goes for any movie, but like, you never want to tell an audience how they should feel about something. They should feel about something because they genuinely, you know, like they're genuinely engaged with what they're watching. You know, right. you should never rely on music to manipulate the audience into anything. So, mm-hmm. and that's really why I complain about, uh, well, this is more so had to do with the, the, the use of sounds, but um, that's really why I complain about sort of what modern horror films are doing now is where they're like every five seconds, like it'll cut, zoom, there's a hallway. The camera moved to the right. Oh, nobody's there. Moved back to the left. Oh, somebody's there. And then all you hear is like the doom, like the same yeah, noise, yeah. or you have like the, the same generic build of da 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 da, you know, like da 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 da, and then jump scare happens, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I, I think like sort of what you guys are, are, are really like alluding to is just how all of these components of filmmaking have to come together, you know? Otherwise, you know, if one doesn't work, I mean, the movie doesn't work, you know, yeah, for the most part, most definitely for the most part. Yeah. But no, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And then one last thing I wanted to mention, too, wh- that I thought of while you were saying that, Matt, is like, um, I don't know if you guys remember that scene in The Walking Dead where um, right in the first episode where the they already ate the biscuits and, and the old lady, she's already kind of turning. Right. And you see her doing weird things in the background, but there the isn't any sound. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I said the wrong thing. Sorry. Uh, But yeah, yeah, I said the walking dead kill me. Um, But literally when when, during that scene, it's fucking silent. And and there is no like, um, you don't even hear her making noise, but you could tell she probably is right. But Mm. that choice, for example, is a great example of like, the (laughs) what makes a soundtrack good is like, it doesn't have to be overbearing, it doesn't have to be in your face. But also if it's not there, if you don't notice that either and you're just existing mm-hmm. in it and you're and you're feeling that moment and the fear of what she can become right especially if you mm-hmm. are familiar with the series at that point yeah. it keeps you drawn towards yeah. her just because yeah. of what she's doing and there's no added compound like they could have done so many different things sound wise to that to key you in on, on hey this lady's turning but the fact that it was fully silent it made you like consider the possibilities, and, right? So, like, yeah. go ahead, sir. Oh no, no, I, I just like sorry, and you just, you just made me think about something too. It's like because obviously we spoke, uh, we spoke about how like I forgot the name of the shot um, you said earlier, like the fo- the focal, the fo- focal, focal length, the fo- focal length, right? Where mm-hmm. you know you can blur out like certain parts of the frame. I think sometimes like. It, it maybe this is me like overthinking, but sometimes like I like the uses of that because it's, it's meant to show that as an audience we're aware of what's happening, but mm-hmm. the only reason why certain parts of, of a frame are blurred out is because the character in the context of the scene isn't aware of what's happening, you know, mm-hmm. and sort of mm-hmm. that's what like delivers like um tension, right? Because as an audience, we're following characters. Right. Mm-hmm. And when we have knowledge of something that they're not, you know, aware of, right? Then and obviously, you know, you write the characters well enough where you want to root for them, then that's what really brings uh, evokes a lot of fear, right? It, it maybe it's not yeah. a fear in the sense of 
you know, again, like uh, a character getting chased down the hallway. Sometimes it's just fear because you like you love the character so much that you don't want to see him, you know, uh, uh, meet a terrible fate, you know? So, right. No, I agree it, with that. I agree with that for sure. I think um, I want to see, I just want to see her done properly. Like, it's like, it's like the more time that goes by, the less. I mean, like the more time that goes by and the better technology gets, the less um, less quality we get with horror, you know, which makes me look forward to like I don't look forward to Halloween as much as I used to um, when it comes to films or television, because horror is just not. Not that great, right? That, that, that is, it's one of those genres that you've got you, you again, you either hit it or you don't. Um, and it's just one of those things that I think I, I really do hope that as technology, you know, continues to advance, especially with like AI and stuff like that. I hope that they're able, you know, a lot of filmmakers are able to incorporate different aspects properly without, um, without losing the, 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 the goal, right? The goal is to scare. That is that. I don't feel scared, man. Yeah, <laughs> I don't feel scared. For sure, there's oh, a lot of ways man. to to cut that pig for sure. And yeah, yeah, I think that maybe that'll be a fun like challenge for us, right? To like go do a deeper dive on these genres and and sort of come up with the examples that we feel are good examples of the genre and sort of have like yeah. a versus with that. Maybe that that'll be a cool episode Ooh. down the line. Sort of sort of coming up with different defenses of these genres right uh so yeah that'd be nice that'd be good i would would love to see that i'd love to see that all right guys well we're going to take a quick break and uh when we come back we're going to get into uh 2023 um uh what was this on hbo (laughs) no uh what was it peacock Peacock. i'm sorry peacock yeah uh uh 2023 uh peacock film uh the last no jesus Knock at a cabin. I'm sorry. I am so off. I, I apologize, but knock at a cabin. Uh, we'll be right back. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's your boy Dwayne from Pastor Ox and Life's a Botch podcast. I'm coming to you with a real dope advertisement if you got a moment. Can we do that? Peep this. Yo, you tired of that uncomfortable feeling with your undergarments? You, you know what I'm talking about. Like, literally having to adjust so it gets real comfortable in between the, you know, the real safe space. Or maybe just wedgies from just going underneath, you know what I mean? All that, all that. Let's keep it in 100. Y'all know how I'm feeling. Y'all know how that feeling goes. Well, I want to introduce to you the ultimate solution. Coming from the number one premium and fit athletic wear just for you. I'm talking about none other than Champ Number One Boxers. Champ Number One Boxers is a black-owned underwear brand, okay? They literally specified and giving you the most top-notch high-quality premium adjustable and fittable and totally comfortable undergarment wear that is just for you not only is it something that you can wear feel good in feel confident in and love but it's also high quality feels good and most importantly it is definitely fashionable 
okay? Comes in a different wide variety of so many different styles and themes to these undergarments. Something to make you look good, feel good, and swag real good in the process, all right? So, again, did I, did I get to mention that this is also a black-owned brand? It's a black-owned brand, y'all, so if nothing else, definitely go support that 100%. So, what I want to do is I want to tell you, head on over to OTS Media Co. on all social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. If you go over, you click the link in the bios, it'll take you straight to the Champ Number One Boxers website. You can check out all their styles, you can check out their bundle deals, you can check out why this brand exists, what it's all about, and trust me when I say you do not want to miss out on the types of opportunities going on right now on the site. Champ Number One Boxers. Make sure you do it for the champ in your life if you ain't already doing it for yourself, champ, all right? Champ number one boxers, make sure you go cop those, all right? All right. What's going on, guys? Here we are back at it with our feature presentation, Knock at, it, Knock at the Cabin, directed by uh, M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong. Uh, and starring Dave Bautista, <laughs> Jonathan Kronoff, Ben Aldridge, and a number of other talented actors. And it revolves around uh, a young uh, young girl and her parents being taken hostage by foreign armed strangers who are then demanded th that they make an unthinkable choice to avert the apocalypse. With Luna access to the outside world, the family must then decide what they believe before all is lost. Uh, and it goes without saying that this was a movie I knew existed, but I never watched any of the promotional materials. I never looked up uh, scenes. So I went into this totally uh, um, uh, oblivious, uh, so to speak. So, um, yeah, I, I guess with that, what were you guys' thoughts on, on the movie? I know M. Night, Chamalama Ding Dong, uh, doesn't have uh, the best track record. Uh, he's been known to be very inconsistent. Um, but that this sort of uh dissuade you from watching it, or was it sort of something that you know what it sounded like an interesting enough premise? I'm willing to sort of you know forego my thoughts on M Night and just and just watch the movie and see how it is. See, I didn't feel that. I, I, my, I, I want to say one of the probably one of the first films i don't think it was the very one, first one i saw from him but it was one of the first ones that i i watched um in 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 uh film school where i actually studied the film um pan's labyrinth um really that was movie. that was amazing and I, anytime i see him attached to a project i'm automatically intrigued <laughs> yeah i'm automatically intrigued i think that um uh one thing that that for me i don't think any filmmaker hits on every project they do i think there's a lot you know like like michael jordan didn't hit 100 percent of the shots he took right like so i don't expect anybody to hit every single time that they make something um but I I didn't I didn't have any problems watching this and and I didn't have any of course y'all know I don't watch any trailers so I I I didn't know what the movie was about, um. But I I enjoyed being able to watch the, the first first scene drew me in for sure. And then you know Chris I I'd rather you go ahead and take over but um you know because you were actually already talking about it um before the 
before we got into this discussion, but that first scene was just captivating, man. Like it, it was like I don't know that the this little girl who plays Win, uh, Kristen, Kristen, I'm probably gonna mess up her last name is Q or Quay or something like that. She she was really good. Mm-hmm. She was actually she was very captivating as just you know just this little child. Um, I actually enjoyed her performance a lot, but please go ahead and take it away. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I think it's very hard to work with child actors in general just because, I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of self-explanatory reasons. But I think the most specific one is, like, the the workload and also understanding, like, what, what's being asked of them. Like, I feel like that's, mm-hmm. very, that's very hard at that age. So a lot of the time, um, you get a lot of... And, and this isn't trying to shade, but you get a lot of like inconsistent performances. And I don't think hers was at mm-hmm. all. I, th- I thought she did a very good job. I think in general, yeah. all the characters in this film are who they are, right? And yeah, they, yeah. They, 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 they're not inconsistent in that way. They sort of come across. Um, I think there's a lot of things that this movie did well and also a lot of things that it did very, very poorly. Um, I, I agree. I really like the opening sequence. That first 15 minutes... Before anything else got introduced, like I was really excited and intrigued in the movie. Uh, once we once we found out what the movie was about, um, the movie, in my opinion, kind of ended. Like once you found out what the movie was about, the movie <laughs> ended because you knew what we were waiting on the whole time, right? Like once you found yeah. out what the movie was actually about. So that first fifteen minutes, I think they did such a good job with that back and forth um, at making it look. Um, almost magical right like almost like mm-hmm. this is like a like a, a a earth version of avatar right like everything is very like <laughs> we're, we're we're in tune with nature we're we're yeah. sort of experiencing what it is to be at this cabin um mm-hmm. and setting up the story i think i think dave batista is a great actor man i think he did a really good job yes. at connecting in a very sincere way um mm-hmm. not over pushing right given his stance and what he's there to do Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, what uh, I'm not gonna lie, I might get hate for this, but I don't care. I I really felt like this movie, once it was done, I was like, man, I can't believe that was an hour and forty minutes because I, I felt like we were waiting for um, like these moments to happen and these big moments they do they do happen, um, mm-hmm. but like the reality of what is happening doesn't matter until the last like fifteen minutes of the movie. And then when you're there, it's like, oh, really? Like, so what are you trying to tell me here? And I I guess that's the question I'll throw back to you guys at the end. But there's a couple other things I want to touch on in the in the middle. I think what this movie did really good is like once you got into the bizarro world of it um, and things were going crazy. Right. People are getting hit. um, They did such a good job and not keeping you there for too long. And bringing mm-hmm. you back to other parts of this family's journey, um, mm-hmm. to to sort of a give you a moment to to feel right, which is always good, but b to take you out of that cabin. It's so hard to keep an audience captivated in one place, regardless of what's going on in that one place. It, it's just very hard to keep um, the story driving forward. Uh, so mm-hmm. I thought that was really smooth. Um, all those cutaways. One of my favorite uh, transitions in the film was um, 
it, it was from a different part of a memory to another part of the memory, but they like wiped the screen. And then once you got to the other side, you were like, oh, we're not there anymore. We're actually in the other part of the memory. That's good. Uh, so that was really cool. Um, in general, though, that? I, so that was the the spot where they were exploring like the origin story of um, how they got win. And then towards the end, yeah, you remember that transition where the screen wiped and then it continued yeah. on. Um, so I, I really like that. Um, but I think in general, um, this story is very straightforward, right? And for me, at least, by the time everything was done, um, the stakes, as you're watching, they're not tangible, right? Until the last 15 minutes in the actual world, right, that they're living in. Um, so it's very easy as an audience to fall in line with one of the fathers, I'm forgetting his name, but the one that was just like, they're lying, they recorded this, like they knew what was gonna happen, Andrew. so they're setting this up, exactly, Father Andrew. They, he's setting this up to like trick us. They want us to do something real sick just for the sake of exploiting us. They're homophobic. Like, like literally yeah. as yeah. an audience, you're, you're kind of just like, yeah, like that's the only thing that makes sense. Cause these people are fucking crazy. Right. But mm -hmm. um, I think the fact that they were right. And the fact that this was really happening um, in some ways kind of takes away from the movie because I mm -hmm. feel like, I don't know if if it was if it was that sincere and you guys were all true from the beginning, the threat of everyone and the way they revealed everyone coming in and mm -hmm. uh, and them being villains in that way, I feel like if the threat was always real, that they should have been able to establish themselves as allies at some point. There's no mm -hmm. reason why you should be shackling and tying these people down to get them to decide to kill their own family member like in my opinion if if you are all on the same ship of this ship is sinking and in order for us to live one of us has to go i think trying to fight people and throw them overboard isn't going to get you anywhere so i'm glad they didn't do that um yeah. but at the same time they did establish themselves as a threat very early on in this film so then it kind of made me feel like as things were unfolding with him eventually going and getting the gun and all these different distractions and the moments where you see these characters sort of have changes of heart, um, everything was very predictable because as an audience, you are already on the side of, you know, these people are bugging. So mm -hmm. once, once, mm -hmm. once it comes time to defend ourselves and to put ourselves in a position to get away, um, it's very easy to be like, okay, yeah, well, if it was that easy, then why didn't y'all do that then? Like, yeah, I got tied down and all this stuff before you was able to give a proper sort of opposition. Um, so yeah, for me, I think where it fell short really is in the fact that like, no matter how you slice it, like they should have came correct in order to be believed because at the yeah. end of the day, they were correct. So yeah. If they wouldn't have set themselves up like these occult, strange people that are out fully to have some sort of sick game with with this family, um, then I think they would have had a better shot at persuading the couple to actually do what needed to be done. Um, 
I hated the 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 concussion stuff. Me personally, <laughs> I I just think it's so dumb. Like, yeah. especially because I'm such a big fan of fight sports and the way, um, they sort of discredited his opinion and his voice because of his concussion. Um, mm-hmm. I, I felt like that took away from a lot of the impactfulness of those scenes. And then even like everything, I think once um, the mother died, once the second character sacrificed herself, I think from that point on, the movie, there was no stakes for me because everything that happened yeah. was like it was going to happen. Like we were just waiting for it to happen. We already knew the gun was in the car. We knew at some point they were going to break out and find a way to get there. They had a tussle. This man gets stabbed three times, right? Three times, same spot. And then they cut to him once he gets out. And there's like a fucking dot of blood this big on him. And then the next time they show him, <laughs> he has a big hole. And I'm like, bro, like, yeah, fuck this up. Like, and, and yeah. as once again, Derek, <laughs> we know when, the, when we notice these things, it's very hard to take it out. Because then yeah. the next time you're like, oh, let's see how they fucked it up now. And of yeah. course, the next time they yeah. show him, the cut is three times bigger than it was the first time he got stabbed. But then the second yeah. time we saw him, it was non-existent. Like it, yeah. it was just like there was just a lot of really bad moments. Um, last last note here, because we were on about focal length. So I thought I mentioned this. One of my favorite things in filmmaking is the dolly zoom. Do you know what that is, Derek? Mm-hmm. The vertigo shot. I love me a vertigo mm-hmm. shot. Is is basically mm-hmm. to make a long story short, when you have the camera on a dolly or some sort of uh, stabilizer, and as you are moving away or moving towards uh, a subject, you are racking your focus as well as zooming out or zooming in to counterbalance so that the character is still in the same part of the frame, but everything around them is shifting. Um, I love those shots and whenever I see them, I'm like, please make it work. And there was one time that they did it, which was when Andrew had already gotten the gun and he's sort of come back and it has to come to grips with what he's about to do. But then the way they did it, he was like, (laughs) he was facing forward towards where his family is, but the camera was here. So his, so it's a profile shot. And it's like, man, you're just making this guy's head look big. Like, you're not yeah. making it look <laughs> like he's coming to grips with the re- Like, you need to be head on so that yeah. the the rea- what that does is, like, it's showing that character's moment of change, no matter what it is, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's showing them coming to grips with that change. And you can't do that from a profile shot, bro. Like, you can't yeah. do that from the side. <laughs> So yeah. I got so annoyed when I saw that. Um, and I was like, man, like I wanted this to be good. And then you ruined it for me. Uh, so a lot of points where I was disappointed here on this one. But ultimately, my question for you guys is, you know, how, like, do you feel that the stakes were there? Like, do you feel like the payoff was real in this movie? Because for me, it was just like, well, if it was real, then why why are you acting that way? <laughs> it's just very strange. <laughs> yeah, no, I... um. To answer your question, no, I I didn't I didn't feel like I got I got much from the ending. Um, but I was actually told from a coworker that there was a twist, and then I'm like, I was looking for the twisting. I was like, wait, let me let me go through the credits. There's <laughs> a post credit scene that I, I I just you know didn't know was there. There was no twist. I didn't see a twist. I didn't I didn't feel a twist. That you know like everything like you said from 
the point that we knew this was an actual legit threat from that point on you knew what was going to happen like there was no threat that's like saying you thought like you went to go see uh passion of the christ and didn't know jesus rose on the third day like like you know like like you you know what's about to happen right it, this is not this is not a surprise um but to the, the the shot you were talking about though as well they actually did that on another scene i remember when win was running she had escaped for like a brief second and then um leonard uh got her and brought her back in then when he closed the door that 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 force of the um um of that that shot the the force was coming toward the the door as well when they were doing that so i i, I agree i love that's one of my favorite shots too um but something you said though about about it actually being real the threat actually being real versus it being fake i agree i didn't even think about it like that watching it but had it been fake this would have been a significantly better movie this would have been a significantly better movie because it would have been it would have been one family dying family member dying for no reason <laughs> and i don't know how um agreeing which i think this is this is one part of the film that i had, I had an issue with four strangers come into your house tie you up and tell you to kill a family member right and if you don't one of our people die right so like four people into your into your house one of them dies if you say no like why do i feel compelled to to save you for breaking into my house threatening to kill me <laughs> you see what i'm saying like that that was that was a part of the film i kind of had an issue with too um i didn't i don't necessarily uh, uh, like the fact that they were the four horsemen because i didn't think that this really did much like i don't think that really did much to to um drive the point home um i like the fact that they were four individuals that had this vision that um they were compelled hey we got to go here and we got to do this right but i didn't like the fact that they were actually the horsemen and their death is what is what brought on the the plague right i didn't i didn't i didn't really like that and that that's not a that's not a compelling aspect to me um because again like you said the first time you see it happen now you know oh you know the domino effect like there is nothing that's going to surprise you at that point so i agree the first part first part of the, of the film and about 15 minutes of it i it is it's high energy it's it's there's, there's angst there um i actually think that batista was the best part of the movie um because you have like you said before like you have this 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 huge guy that has to be like 
more reserved and he's he's actually the 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 the, the calmest of all four <laughs> which is which is actually pretty hilarious um but um i don't know i i think the movie was was cool i think it's good to see one time right like i think i think that um there's no way i'm going to watch this again but it was cool it was cool i think what i would like to see to be honest after watching this i, I kind of um i kind of thought about a, a tag team you know who i would like to see m night work with jordan peele i would not mind seeing that because i think that there's elements that um in terms of the element of surprise that you know m night has kind of sometimes like he's he's hit or miss to be honest so it is what it is but i think that's one aspect of of his projects that i haven't seen or i don't recall seeing lately um is the thing that makes you guess right that that anxiety that 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 um the bait like what's the what's gonna hook you in to make like make you invested into the characters right i didn't feel fully invested in these characters mm-hmm. outside of when i i didn't feel fully invested because um i don't think they had i don't think it was andrew and uh eric right yeah andrew and eric i don't think that we got to see them develop in the beginning too much right like why are you in the cabin right was that a getaway was that a vacation or was it because you felt like you needed to get away from society because you felt these pressures of life right or or, or you felt these judgments of, on you um I, that that was a question that i had that i didn't i don't feel it was answered and if it was answered i don't remember what it was i never i never picked up on it right so i think i'd have been a little more invested in those characters um from the jump if we got to see something like that right like we got to connect with wind because she's out there collecting crickets or you know and or grasshoppers and 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 playing around and hey there's this man that just comes out the out the forest that wasn't creepy at all right like that was very weird for him to be walking out the out the forest like that and in a dress suit like the man Bro, looked like, like a therapist for sure. Like yeah, <laughs> like what is going on? I I like that. I like that. We I I felt connected to her character, um, but I didn't feel com- as connected to Andrew and Eric until, um, later. But I kind of felt like it was a lost cause at that point. Because right? you were already like, disappointed in them. <laughs> already disappointed, right? Yeah, it was. It was like I wanted. I wanted more investment into those characters um so it'd have been nice to see uh something in the beginning to kind of like anchor them in i think i i don't think they had much of a foundation to build on um but uh the the fact that we were starting to see their their um beliefs kind of like change a little bit um where eric was more understanding of these of these uh intruders andrew i completely understood get the hell out right 
Like this is not this this not that's this is not that kind of party. Y'all can't just come up in here like that, right? I got that, but I I don't know. I wanted more connection to those two guys because I thought that there was more that they could have done with them. I, I think there was I think their story could have been developed a little more. Um, I thought that the the there was, but like you said, Chris, the amount of time that we had with this film, I felt like they kind of rushed into things, you know, like. I think if again if they had a way to anchor these people in the beginning of the film the same way they did win I think the 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 pace could have been a little bit better I think the pace would have been a little bit better but I think the film could have like you said like if this wasn't if this wasn't real if they just make those those changes and and you know you have these psychopaths just come like yeah oh that'd have been better that'd have been a better film that'd have been a better film better all around film um but I think for what it was it was cool and I had I I I don't know how else to describe it it's cool <laughs> what did you think Matt yeah I think um. I don't know. I mean, I, both of you guys definitely summarized sort of where I stand, but I think, um, I, I'll just put it into my own words. So I, I, I appreciate M. Night Shyamalan because he consistently makes original movies, mm-hmm. uh, which I feel like are becoming few and far between. And the ones that are around, um, aren't receiving as much attention as they should so and i also respect him for financing his own movies right and and you know because <laughs> i mean even mentioned numerous times where like i think his first film was signs if i'm not mistaken uh or, or could have been something else where he literally mortgaged his house and yeah 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 you know fortunately that ended up being you know a, a financial success but you know you never know what what comes with that right um but in, in in any event um i think this film was was had a had a fascinating concept but was poorly executed for a number of reasons firstly the pacing i think it was a monotonous drag i never honestly it's been a long while since i felt like an hour and 30 minutes felt like three hours to, to me at least and the weirdest part and as you two have have mentioned is the movie sort of jumps from scene that it's weird like it 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 technically jumps from scene to scene where we're not given as much time to really understand the ramifications of of each person dying obviously you know we end up seeing, you know, uh, 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 you know, new like live news footage of 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 you know widespread death and obviously planes falling out of the sky and you know tsunamis and earthquakes, you know, forming in different parts of the world. Um, and obviously outside of of that one bit of uh, of live footage, we and of live footage, like we never really see the true destruction that comes with each of their deaths, you know. And I think maybe that could have been a bit expanded upon obviously i'm not suggesting that they show like grotesque violence and, and things like that but um I, maybe there could have been a different way to really 
for, for as an audience to understand the severity of it rather than cheapening out and just showing a news broadcast happening, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that's just me, though. And I think another thing as well when it comes to our main characters, so the, the family specifically, you know, obviously you have the two fathers and then their daughter, when, you know, I really expected me to like fully care about them you know i think i definitely sympathize with their position i think there were sort of a few a few moments that worked whether it be like near the ending where um i'm, I'm forgetting both of the, of the father's names but where uh, the father before killing you know you know his lover you know like or his husband right like goes you know, like the, you know, they the world hates us. Like, why should we care about them? Things like that. You know, I think like dialogue wise that worked. The problem is because the movie kept like having these random flashbacks, mm-hmm. like three random flashbacks in the movie that disrupted the pacing. Again, it felt like it was like cheapening out. I felt like you know, as the script was being written, it was like, oh shoot, I kind of forgot like the the. I said, let me write a scene real quick to make sure the audience is sort of sympathizing. Okay, now let's go back to the present day again. You know, so like that, it just didn't feel like organic. You know what I mean? If that makes any sense. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then, I don't know. I think like some of the dialogue at times, you can tell like some of the actors were kind of struggling mm-hmm. to, you know, like, I don't know. I mean... Some of the dialogue, some of the dialogue was decent, and then some of the dialogue was kind of like iffy at times. And you could definitely tell like when the actors were kind of struggling to to deal with the material, you know. Mm-hmm. And that led to a lot of like really del- like weird line deliveries ever so often. Um, I think like the best performances by far were Dave Bautista and John Dengroff. Um, mm-hmm. John Dengroff, for context, he was the one who um who had that concussion, so I think both of them did really did, did really well. Um. Yeah, that was Eric. you know so, yeah, and then I don't know. I think like the whole horseman. I'm assuming the twist was like the whole them being the force four horsemen the apocalypse. I was like, okay, <laughs> so I was like, you know, but twist. a twist but is not a twist if they explicitly walk you and, through and, it. And that's the thing too yeah. is like, and that bo- that really irritated me too. And it, this is just something that that irritates me in general is I really hate when a character delivers exposition. On something that we as an audience deserve to figure out. I do not right. want a, 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 and that's the thing that bothered me with the script too, is that I can understand in the beginning, in the first 10 minutes, which was actually fairly suspenseful. You see the the, mm. the very first interaction with Gwen and, and, and Leonard, right? Like Leonard's trying to actually form, you know, a kind of friendship with Gwen before, you know, obviously having to do what, what, what what's being asked of him, right? But then, Damn, I got so pissed. I forgot. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Um, the exposition dumping. Yeah. Okay, there you go. So exposition dumping. So then obviously, like, it, it makes sense that they explain sort of their purpose there at the cabin. But then, like you said, Chris, because they explained so much, it reached a point where, like, I wasn't watching the movie because I was curious about what was going to happen next. I was watching the movie because I wanted to see when that next thing will happen. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that didn't make that, that didn't make it like a war for all experience, you know? Because if I know everything that's going to happen, either because I guessed or because the movie explicitly told me, 
then I'm not going to really enjoy myself. And that's why there are a lot of times where I was looking down on my watch. I was like, okay, come on, like, hurry up. Like, show the next person dying. They're all going to die. Like, I already know what's going to happen. They're all going to die. One of them's going to make the sacrifice and the world gets saved. There you go. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, and then when it comes to expedition dumping, like, near the end, too, he was like, they're four. Like, that that was like the example, like, the bad dialogue where it was like, there are four horsemen in the apocalypse. They come here to, to, to determine us. And then I'm like, no, no. It felt like the yeah. Avatar opening scene, like, <laughs> like yeah. air. This you this horse represents this, and I'm like, bro, what are y'all doing? Exactly, exactly right. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. but I will say there were like, but there were there was good. Like I said, the performances were decent at times, or not even mm. decent. They were, were really good at times. Um, but specifically from Dave Bautista and John DeGroff. um, and I think. M Knight does a really, really great job. Um, and this is why I'm led, you know, led to assume about him. I haven't watched his other movies outside the last airbender, sadly. And I think he does a really great job at building suspense. Um, he definitely knows sort of how to build up to moments and then executes them to near perfection. I think he did that a lot in this movie. Um yeah. you know, um, yeah, so I think, yeah, like I said, uh, a lot of it's happened in the first, like, 15 minutes. Like, the first 15 minutes were really, like, they, like yeah. they captivating. I was like, oh, that's very interesting. Yeah. Now I'm curious to see, okay, so what is it going to lead to? Is it, you know, a homophobic cult that that's holding them houses, or are they, you know, legitimately here to, to save the world, so to speak? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That would have been an interesting question. I think the whole theme of, you know, sacrifice one to save the many – is, is there like it's, it's very easy to identify you mm-hmm. know and i think it poses a question of ultimately you know like i said on the whole topic of sacrifice right like what are we willing to sacrifice um you know for the future of our world right yeah uh, what are we, and what the answer is nothing of? And, the right. answer is nothing until we see the world destroying and then we're like yeah. oh yeah i guess we are the chosen the chosen few um, yeah, yeah. Time, and, time to and, put you in yeah. the dirt. And the, yeah. and the whole cultist approach doesn't make any sense either because they they get and this is another example of, of the of the writing thing I have. It's like they they say, oh, we had visions that we like. I, I think in the right because they said how they had visions of, of mm-hmm. like also had the same vision and they, and they mm-hmm. found each other like on the internet internet board or whatever. They they got they communicated with each other and then they met up and then whatever they had visions of like the family and stuff, but. I think they even said too, like they envisioned like this is exactly how this was gonna go down. Oh, or not even that though. I, I don't know. I still feel like there could have been so many different approaches <laughs> to, to convince this family. You mm-hmm. know, like I don't know. I thought maybe at some point they were gonna like, like inject the 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 visions into like the the family just so they see what happens. Which you know? would have been a lot easier and better than this I, I think i think one other loose end they did not didn't cap uh capitalize off of was the connection between andrew and redmond right like yeah. redmond beat him in the bar mm-hmm. like that was a legit hate crime so andrew's perspective was completely like it was valid i mean even before he even recognized who this was it was valid to say, "Hey, I think these these are people that are a part of of some type of cult. They 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 you know they want us to kill someone. So it it 
it felt like a uh, like a hate thing as well. You know, like I I I completely understood where he was going. Yeah, that, and they just right? didn't elaborate. <laughs> but they didn't. They that was they could have actually just like gone with that. Like, <laughs> like that initial struggle should have been like he he should have been trying to explain himself. He should have been right. trying to redeem himself. There was right. no like his character didn't even exist. That man was dead like seven minutes in. After after they Bass. got into the cabin, Bass. and and real quick, what I don't understand too is like, shout out to the nurse, right? I can't even remember her name, but shout out to the nurse because somebody when they was reading this script was like, no, 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 hold up, we need we need some representation here, because very quickly <laughs> this was like the Charleston riots. Like these dudes came in with the fucking you might as well as had tiki torches along with those fucking um makeshift medieval times weapons that look like they were created Which made no sense bruh like they look like they were created for some post apocalyptic scenario where the apocalypse yeah. hasn't hit yet we don't need yeah. the fucked up makeshift weapons right now that comes yeah. after um yeah. so <laughs> that, and that's what's so frustrating i'm sorry i'm i went on, i'm going to go on another outburst here but all the ingredients for suspense were there. Mm -hmm. I was waiting for our sort of jigsaw moment, right? Where it's like, right. well, you didn't listen to us. So now we all going to die. And now yeah. because all of us died, it don't matter if you kill him. Now you're going to kill yeah. him. And then we all going to die anyway. Like <laughs> something like that. Something where these people actually put themselves in a position to prove themselves as who they are. And with the mm -hmm. obstacles of this hate crime, of this other stuff, you are battling with that as an audience. That's such a more impactful story than yeah. these dudes yeah. fully taking control within the first 20 minutes and then dictating what's going to happen for the rest of the story. Now, yeah. Why the hell would you have a gun and leave it in the truck? White people. It's, white people. <laughs> it's just, oh my gosh. Um, Damn, I was going to say something else, and I was like, Oh my gosh! I'm sorry. Just um, you know, here. Oh my god! I literally, I literally had it all across my mind. Um, but when I popped the trunk, hit the deck. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, yeah. Dang, I freaking lost my turn. Oh, anyways, I I think it was probably gonna like uh be in a sense of what you guys were saying. Um, yeah, I literally forgot. But in, in any case, yeah, I think we're talking about sort of like. Theological things that happen to justify, yeah, why the movie. It's same complaint me and Derek had about Barbarian, <laughs> literally. I mean, Th that that's that's identical. exactly what I was about to say too. Like, well, that's, it's, it's the same thing. Maybe horror the movies first... are impossible to pull off, or thrillers. For that reason, is he at the? But see, that's another thing. Why was this categorized as a horror film? This is a horror film. That's what I saw. Oh man, I, I feel like this was a yeah, I feel like this is a this thriller. Is like a, there was. It's a thriller. They're it's a horrifying. It's a thriller of horrifying elements. There was right. no horror and in this at no all. There was no jump scares. There was no. There was no fear of the group either, because you know None. someone's gonna die. But it wasn't even them. It wasn't the yeah. family. Oh, so what are oh. you scared of? Okay. Yes. Yeah. And it just reminded me too. I think the thing that like sort of bothered me is I understand that like all the because they act as the four horsemen. Like all of them are are meant to represent like different parts of life so to speak you know like each of them sort of have their own uh their own jobs their own families their own etc right and they're sort of meant to symbolize you know 
what will be lost if the family doesn't make the ultimate sacrifice what irritated me is uh what else what's like irritated me but i'm sorry i freaking pulled my phone because i thought got a freaking text message sorry about that um but uh i think what sort of like bothered me to an extent is that they should have like done a better job like the family of like developing each of these characters instead of like shrouding them with so much mystery you know Mm -hmm. because if they're here Mm -hmm. for what's supposed to be an important important mission right which it is right Mm -hmm. i think it's only fair that like we're given a bit more backstory to these characters instead of just like one-offs like one-off lines and then when they die you know what i mean because i didn't feel like it's weird and that's the thing too, because I don't know if if we're trying to if we're meant to feel sympathy for them, or they're just meant to be viewed as these deranged cultists that just so happen to be correct. And I don't know what that what, Which what I was, think was is supposed also, to be. I you think know, that's, that's a little dangerous too, because like it's like you're trying to almost like create sympathy for for people that are in cults, and I don't I don't know. I don't know how well, you know, <laughs> that message is received. I don't know. I don't know. It just, I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a bad role to go down. This, this whole film is a lesson in why it's important to show people and not tell people because it, yes. a lot of these things were shown to us versus told to us. And if there was, if there was a chance for these actors to act like they don't want to die, Beyond mm. the, I have a family. I have this. I, I just had a fucking vision, and now I'm here. Like, like even mm-hmm. that wasn't present. So, it it really made it very easy for us to take everything Andrew was saying, dismissing these people at face value. They're like, yeah, yeah. like they they aren't trustworthy. They aren't um, mm-hmm. in a position to persuade me to do something, especially that drastic. So yeah, mm-hmm. it was just like all the ingredients are right there for you, bro. Like. Yeah. This, <laughs> If you put them out the right way, um, I feel like this could have been a really much better film. But yeah, and this yeah. is the final thing too I want to say, and um, both of you touch up, both of you touched upon it. Sorry, I'm. Whew. Um, I'll just touch upon it. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> oh god, I don't even think about that. But of course, pause. Um, it's sort of like, like, like you guys said. I mean, like, uh, Andrew. Right, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Um, like he literally like had a hate crime committed against him, right? right. Like they did nothing with that. And the, the weird thing is, I don't know why they only had that one character connect to the him. For that, he should have been Batista. Batista should have been the one that because then they're there the whole time. You killed this guy yeah. first. Like, yeah, yeah it's, yeah. We- it, it's, yeah. it's weird yeah. <laughs> and then all the other characters didn't share that same connection you know they I thought maybe no it would have been really cool if like freaking Dave Bautista ends up being like freaking Wen's teacher or something <laughs> like I don't know like, so, have, so, have like I don't know I don't know it's just yeah. it was weird like I, I don't understand why they established that connection between Andrew and Redmond and they weren't going to do anything about it because we're, again we're given a one line, like literally one line where it says, I went through therapy. 
like that right there is sort of something you can really do like to show like the effects that comes with with having a crime like that committed against you right how traumatizing mm -hmm. that is how you sort of have to shield yourself from the world like that's a great great uh well obviously it's not a great thing to happen but like it, it it's a great sort of a uh, concept to deal with right because then mm -hmm. you can sort of you know teach audiences important lessons right that you know that no one should be discriminated against etc like the, right. the the movie doesn't make an attempt to do anything more than just be this this overly long but like short thriller that <laughs> didn't pause that didn't i'm sorry that's why you laughed but um <laughs> that that didn't uh <laughs> And in a satisfying way, pause again. Pause. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, there was yeah. much left to be desired in this. Uh, I, 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 um, I don't know. I mean, just even from the foundation, because again, like y'all said, if you're coming to share this, this, you're trying to convince these people to do something that no one would ever think, like no sane person would think to do um why come aggressive i i i thought <laughs> i thought the choice the choice from the jump of you know with this movie was was wasn't the right one wasn't the right one that's why i'm saying i think m night with with jordan peele would be amazing because yeah m night does a great job of 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 building up but so does jordan peele right he can also like like he gets it to that point where it connects to the end and and the only thing i've seen from him that i i didn't really enjoy was nope because i don't understand what that movie was about um but the build-up was phenomenal <laughs> like yeah. like it was good it's just the ending i was just kind of like what um but there's there's so many layers to his films that i think you might need to go back and watch so that you can catch you know xyz for the ending to make complete sense so that might be that might be the whole case with nope but i think if those two pair together or team together i think that would make a lot of sense like yeah. at least one time at least one time I I, I I i don't know i don't know i this movie i'm just gonna go ahead and say it's like average it's it's not this is below average. Real quick, I want to I say mean, one more thing, best. and then we'll get into our star ratings, right? We still got to give yeah, our yeah, star ratings yeah. here. Yeah. I just quickly wanted to mention something that you said, Matt, because the, the potential that they had to capitalize on that moment, right? What did we actually get out of it? A Rocky montage where this man is in some dingy gym hitting a bag. And then that is his, that is the courage. You remember that? Yeah, that yeah, that is the, the moment I, of courage. That, yeah. that, like... Like bro, you could have <laughs> you could have done so much more in a more impactful oh, way yeah. than and in reality, and, and I hope that this this doesn't come off as me being a hater because I think diversity is important and representation is important. But to me, mm -hmm. the way everything played out, it felt like you played into stereotypes in a bad way when it comes to the, the representation in this film. Like mm -hmm. you you made it clear that the response to this entire thing isn't even necessarily dealing with the tragedy of who you are versus who the world expects you to be. No, it's gay people need to get stronger. 
And that is just a silly way to combat that, like no. a really silly way yeah. to, to try That's to capitalize on that. Um, I didn't and, even, and, even consider that. And then even considering like when they were like, oh, like the mother represents the nurturing and all this stuff. If y'all would have really made those characters that, because mm. in my opinion, these characters were blank slates. They were like, yeah, were. this is, we showed up to work and they told us this is what we had to do. And if you don't do it, we're fucked. So please do it. <laughs> like, mm. why? <laughs> yeah. why? Why would I want to yeah. listen to you? So yeah. if they really embodied those characters and they were those horsemen of the apocalypse and they only acted out of that sort of archetype, maybe then you would have a story to, to work on. Whatever this was, I didn't even get, like, there's no world that you're like, this person represents this, this person represents this. The way they laid it out in the film when they're like a fucking montage scene, this person is this. This person is this. It all makes sense now. It's like, no, because they're not those things at all in the film. So I'm giving this shit. uh, Wait, just to make it clear, we're on a five star scale, right? Yes, sir. This is a one for me, hands down. This is a one because there's so many things and it's frustrating Mm -hmm. because I want to like it. Like there's so many things that Mm -hmm. I think could have been done well, but Mm -hmm. just the ways it fell short. Give me a one here. Yeah. Um, Yeah. What you got, Matt? I'm probably honestly this this all negatives considered, I'll probably get a two. Probably get a two. Definitely not a movie I'm ever ever gonna watch again. Um Yeah. You know. Or recommend but, to anyone. Ever recommend. Yeah. But <laughs> what I will recommend, yeah. uh uh Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Um, well, Just, I, so yeah. I, I had to rent, um, uh, I, so I rented, uh, knock at the cabin. Um, but obviously I know it's on, cause it's on Peacock, right? It's on Peacock. Apparently, uh, Puss and Boots so. is as well. Um, you know, and I, I just got the login, login for the Peacock, of course, days after, you know, I freaking watched this movie, you know, fuck. <laughs> but, uh, in any case, I watched that, I watched that today. Um, it's a great movie. So, uh, put some boots. Watch Your star again. rating summary is go watch another movie, guys. Yeah, be happy. Yeah, make it make use out of that subscription. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. That's I forgot they even made another one. That that's that's hilarious. Um, I'm I'm. I think I'm with you, Matt. I think I'm gonna give it a two, only because. Of Batista and um, the little girl who played Wynn. I, 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 nothing else about this movie, um, uh, Kristen, Kristen is her name, but um, nothing else about this movie makes me even remotely positive toward it. Like, it's just <laughs> because it's, it's all over the place, right? It, yeah. like, like you said, Chris. All the elements are there. It's just they're not putting it together. It's it's a frustrating aspect of it. It's like you have somebody that's a cook that has all the ingredients there, and they're complaining that they don't have they they don't have the final product, right? Like like you have all the ingredients to make gumbo, but you just won't turn the stove on. You won't put everything together, chop up all the ingredients you need to chop up to put into the pot and turn the stove on and just cook, like. It's like it that's it's that's the frustrating aspect of it because it's like like they were this 
the elements were there. I, I, I don't know how else you, I don't know how you come to this conclusion of, of making this movie the way it was um, when <laughs> just a few, a few like tweaks in this movie could have been, I would have given this a four or a five if yeah. it was even remotely close to that. <clears throat> so if I'm being totally honest, uh, you know, before we close out here, I was actually at like a three, three and a half when I finished the movie. I'm going to be totally honest with you. Really? Y- listening to you guys made me start <laughs> thinking. <laughs> and I don't know why. It was weird because like all everything that you said, I think was in the back of mind. I was like, let me ease off a little bit. I was, try- I was actually yeah. trying to be nice. You know, you know what I'm saying? Wow. And I was like, I was actually close to like teetering on that. And then listening to you guys made me think, I really watched shit. Let me reconsider my yeah, thought before I yeah. talk. And I was like, yeah. and I started thinking in the back of my mind, I'm like, damn, this movie was kind of ass. <laughs> you know? I, I'm sad now. I feel like we were robbed yeah. of, of an alternate yeah. universe where this, where this <laughs> podcast is for the one time in the history of this show, Matt is like, actually, I thought this movie was pretty good. And me and Derek are like, what? Like, <laughs> I was doing usually it's the other way around. Usually Matt's like, dude, what, did you guys really like that? Like, that's yeah. So funny. <laughs> yeah. I know. What could have been? Oh, I would have loved to have heard that. Yeah. And you, real yeah. quick, if this doesn't prove it, nothing else will. There's nobody in the history of the world that watched this movie. That's very dramatic, but I have to say it this way. There's nobody that has watched this movie that could tell me what M. M. Night Shyamalan is trying to convey about humanity through this movie. There, right. There is no message. There is no coherent thread that explains the rationale of anyone, even right. the people that were trying to help um prevent the apocalypse their rationale the way they went about it it is not logical it doesn't make any sense and it it, there's no message there's no hey well people are just going to be selfish that's not even a proper message given the scenario because they have no reason to be altruistic like yeah yeah i'm going on the one and a half now yeah let's go let's go (laughs) yeah Uh, i don't know i don't know This, this was it's a lost opportunity. It's a lost opportunity. Because I, I think I think had they done it, they built it out the right way, you probably could have made a sequel out of this. If if this was an actual like if they were four of these people were a part of a cult, it, like they could have made a a series out of this or at least at minimum just one sequel. Like, yeah. like I, I a think, hostile I kind of thing. Awesome. Have you ever have yeah, you guys ever watched yeah, Hostel? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah. gotta watch you gotta watch yeah. those movies, Matt. Those, yeah, yeah, you do. Those movies are good. That's good horror right there. Because even yeah. like, and even the ending was uh, was stupid as shit. Radio. Like playing that. Di- why playing did they go to that music. diner? How the fuck did they I find the truck? Because was the truck at the diner? Was the, no, was the, the truck, truck was at the, at the end of the road. The truck was down the road on the on the on the um the trail. That's the the trail Leonard walked. I thought it was like. Oh yeah, and another thing that got me tight. Y'all oh. in a car with pop tires, but the car not bumping. Yeah, y'all, y'all just smooth sailing until you get to the other other car, right? No, they walk. They walk to the other truck. They never took the other car. Oh, nah, that, that's where walk- I got confused. I I I, yeah. I guess I thought that the car was the car. Did that you? Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think. Um, uh, what's it called? The ending too. 
had probably the worst mixing I heard in a while. So you know how they were playing the song, mm-hmm. um, like the song in the car. Did you guys catch that weird ass transition to the sound to the to the score? No, I didn't. We're like it. The, the, it, it was like da 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 like that, and it just started like that. You, you, nah, you guys I was checked out, bro. I yeah. was checked out. So I, yeah, I ain't gonna yeah. lie. I was like, what? The I was fuck? done. I was like, I, I, I listened. I was like, I, I rewind it. Like I, that was one part. Like I, I, I was gonna bring up, and what was supposed to be a positive review, <laughs> but like I, I literally, um, I reversed. It. I'm like, what the fuck? And I, I did it yeah. again. I'm like. What kind of maybe that's not sound mixing, but I was like, what kind of fucking like transition was that? Yeah, like man. what the hell, you know? Excuse my well, uh, I, that's why I start saying this. Excuse my language and apologies to anybody who is under the age of eighteen. Um, <laughs> but uh, nah, you good, bro. You good. I, I, eh, we need some moves. Last wish. Yeah, we need yeah. to have a better movie next time. With all due respect. Yeah. Uh, no yeah, hate. I, no shade. But we can't we can't come across these at the end like give me the give me the camera coach because that's the position <laughs> we're coming from anyway right like that's always the position we're coming from anyway give us something happy at this point you guys yeah pretty I much think, at this uh... point oh you go ahead there you go ahead no 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 I I'm good I, I, this is <laughs> this was we have beat the I shit out this, of this uh... horse for sure yeah, yeah. I think um, so put some boots in this. <laughs> Yes, next time. Yes. Um, and I'm actually being, I'm actually that's why I said, like, no, no joke. And I, I know, like, I, like, I, obviously, I was, I'm a smart ass sometimes. Like, I'll, I'll say stuff that I don't actually mean, but, um, because have you guys watched Trek before? Of course. Like, all, all the original movies and stuff. I would say definitely the best Trek related movie and probably one of the best animated movies I've ever seen. Damn, this is high praise. I promise you, I promise you, for as long as I'm a co-host on this show, there's no way that we're doing the Puss Puss in Boots review before we do Nightmare Before Christmas and you want to talk about best animated movies of all time. (laughs) Come on, bro. Come on, bro. Wait, wait. This this includes Lion King, Toy Story, Shrek. This man is feeling, feeling that. Uh, how's about us? Wow. Like the protagonist, like moment. the actual antagonist, like for for a kids movie was actually brilliant. Okay. You know, and even the way they handled like the final confrontation was done extreme, like done extremely well, extremely well, and something nice. that like, you'd, like I don't know. You expect to go... kids movies them they don't miss like Dude. kids and, movies and, uh, yeah. for a lot for the most part are, are really they really deliver as far the, as wrapping you know, up a story correctly and the animation yeah. was amazing like it, it was obviously it's technically a departure from the 3D style but mm-hmm. they took like a whole 2D route beautiful beautiful nice. you know that's interesting um, check it out. Yeah. Yeah. and uh, even like the there are also a lot of like funny moments and stuff too, but anyways, damn, I freaking I guess we hated this movie so hate this movie so much. I freaking went on. We started the second but, uh, review, yeah. But, uh, anyways, yeah. Take us just, there. Right. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, uh, yeah, I don't. I, I'm. I'm sorry. I, I this 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 movie kind of got me down. Y'all give me your social medias. 
<laughs> yes, sir. Right. You can catch me on Twitter at Negron MMA as well as on Instagram at Chris Negron underscore. Recently dropped a really fun episode of the Sideline Guys Boxing Focus with mm. my guy Damian Adams. That was a really fun episode, so check that out. Got TMA coming real soon, and I'm going to be doing another another little side project, which I'm very interested in uh, breaking down some of these fight cards that go by on a week-to-week basis uh, with a, a very cool guest. So we'll, we'll see what, how that materializes, but keep an eye out for that. Got a lot of content coming on the horizon. Uh, and sure. don't forget to follow the brand, OTS Media Co. on all platforms, OTS Media on YouTube. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. So you can find me over on Instagram, Matt underscore T29. Uh, you can also find me here on the OTS platform uh, on two other podcasts. Uh, we Can Be Heroes uh, with my brother Jonathan. And we are hopefully, me and my friend Peyton, are looking to get Boone Squad back on track. Uh, so you can also find me on there. But in any event, thank you so much for the support you've been giving us. It's a, I have a hell of a great time you know, doing Realist with these two these two gentlemen and um you know I, I look forward to doing more and more episodes in the future most definitely most definitely uh you can follow me at derek underscore ots that's d-e-r-r-i-c-k the black way to spell it uh but most importantly like chris said uh follow the brand at ots media co all social media platforms ots media on youtube hit that like button subscribe and the notification bell if you have not done so yet uh again subscribe on any podcast platforms you listening on um and uh leave us a review let us know what you guys think um we we are definitely um looking to you know come out come out with some other stuff um uh pretty soon so you know definitely keep an eye out on all that stuff um for other shows um because ots is, is more than you know just just a brand it's a network you know and i think um uh some people forget about that so you know check out all the shows like like uh, chris and matt was saying this MMA Archive, We Can Be Heroes, The Sideline Guys, Boom Squad. Uh, we we got shows that are, that are... Huh? I said fans. Fans, yeah. Fans just came back. Yeah, another episode's coming this week. Um, I uh, had been, you know, been working on that uh, uh, edit. So, um, you know, we, we got a lot of stuff coming to you guys. So please be on the lookout for it. You know, we, we thank you guys for your support. Uh, thank you for watching and or listening. The show is over. Peace. See Peace. ya.